0: It's another episode of the Music Guy Podcast. This is episode number 46. My name is Al Rowe. I'm a music guy. I write songs, I sing, I play guitar, I make records, I teach online lessons. Just a guy trying to get by in the COVID era. Raceland? I don't know. Uh, Coming at you from Liberty Village, downtown Toronto. And my co-host, as always, great friend of mine, partner in crime, Whippy Ontario, OG Mr. Michael Hebbs. So OG. So OG. I feel like I need
1: to be more animated, just pick it up a little bit. You know, I could do for a yeah. little bit of the things that we're, we're going to talk about later that I would not indulge yeah.
0: in. <laughs> yeah, like coffee or, that will, or the, drugs. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. Or other, I, I other drugs. I can't do coffee. I get jittery.
1: Um, and and anxious do you do you feel feelings Al? do do you have a mental
0: feeling you know do you you get those those ways i yeah i'm a a very sensitive person you are sensitive Um, i've heard your album yeah and there you go see anybody who's listening to my music knows this and i have a coffee every single morning and i would say i'm a caffeine addict well,
1: I, I, I think it's like normal. Well, it, you get fucking people that are super weird and they're like, sugar is a drug. And it's like, technically, yes. Everybody's addicted to sugar. Oh, yeah. You know? It is a
0: drug, man. Yeah, man. Big time. Love the yeah. drugs. Uh, very addictive. And I went, I mean, I went through a whole phase where I like cut sugar almost completely out of my diet. Really? And it, yeah. It improved my life uh, significantly.
1: I've seen a a YouTube video where they did that for a month. My rule with myself is I try to not have processed sugar in the weekdays and on the weekends mm. I have sugar, but sometimes I go overboard on the weekends, you know, like I'll have like a fucking butter yeah. tart and like four cookies and I'll just be like, oh,
0: but whatever. <laughs> just wake up in like a pile of Snickers wrappers. That's exactly it. Like, well, I happened? feel like
1: that's not good for your body too. Like I feel like there's <laughs> no. some sort of diabetes insulin thing going on there. Actually, uh,
0: yeah. But, well, uh, they always say moderation, but... They do. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, any doctor I've talked to has just been like, yeah, I mean, if, if you don't eat that stuff, it's going to be way better for your life, so... Yeah. I feel like um, you should treat it like a treat,
1: as long as it has a fucking role of, like, this is not what I get every day, you know? Mm-hmm. I I get to have yeah. four cookies every day. It's like, oh, you know, this
0: is my reward yeah. for something, you know? Sure, or it's just a special occasion or whatever. Man. yeah. I totally agree. I mean, um, it's better than some of the other things that we're going to discuss later. <laughs> certainly. Yeah, certainly. Uh, so today's topic is, well, this is like the mental health episode. It's a heavy uh, one. Right? And this is, yeah, it's kind of heavy. This is something that uh, that Mike has wanted to uh, sort of bring up on the podcast for a little while now. And we're finally getting around to it. Uh, so we're going to get into that. Uh, first and foremost, we're gonna get into our question of the week, uh, and at the end of the show, we'll be doing our song of the week, so if you have a song that you would like to submit to have it played on our podcast, we would love to do that for you, and all you gotta do is submit to us an mp3, maybe a little bit of information about yourself and maybe uh, about the song, we'll listen to the song, uh... Unless it's like wildly inappropriate for us to play on this show, we're probably going to play it and shout you out. So uh, we'd love to, um, yeah, we would love to do that for you. So please send in your song to musicguidepodcast at gmail.com or connect with myself or or Mike on uh, various social media platforms. This week's song is by a friend of the show, Genevieve Fisher. Ah. Uh, Genevieve's a London born and raised... Country artist, awesome singer, Uh, I've definitely played my fair share of gigs with Jen, and uh, she's an amazing person, amazing songwriter, amazing singer. Former guest, too. Former guest, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to be playing her tune, Someone Else, uh, it's her new single, or her latest single, rather, uh, at the end of the show, so stick around for that. And then, of course, with the question of the week, you can also send that by email to music guy podcast at gmail.com or find us on social media now this week uh we don't have a question so we were talking beforehand and we were like well we should do something um so please do send us questions folks we'd love to answer them uh we were thinking well what did you ask me mike
1: uh we were thinking what are uh what's what's the best guitar solo yeah, right. Best guitar solo of all time. And we tried to phrase it like somebody would phrase a question. You know what I mean? Because like, right. You and I know there's no such thing as the best guitar solo, and that would be I part I know of the what question. my answer is. Whoa! I know uh, what my answer is was. Already. It your former ringtone? The opening
0: of the, <laughs> 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 the <laughs> intro. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you know that was my ringtone. That's 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 some. That hasn't been my ringtone in a long time. I know. Uh, I, I know used to have well. uh, the intro to Reeling in the Years by Steely Dan as my uh, as my ringtone. That's a good. Solo, actually. Yes, it is. Not my favorite of all time, though. Is that Larry Carlton? I probably. Larry Carr? Yeah. Everything from the 80s is either Larry Carlton or Steve Lukather, right? There you go. Isn't that, how, isn't that the only two guys that existed? They didn't, no one else existed. Then? No. Um, okay, well, I'll give my answer first, because it's like... Straightforward. I've got it. Yeah. From this moment, Shania Twain. I don't... I couldn't be getting to hum that it's a great song oh killer killer song and killer guitar solo i think it's the best ever it's short it's yep. perfectly written yes. the most badass thing about it is it starts with like three beats of rest that is pretty badass there's lots of space you know, it's like it's like you know fill 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 one two three yeah <laughs> Like he comes in so late yes, and it's that so into sick. Station. Like most, yeah, like most yeah. guitar players, they're already like building a lick like into, into the solo. Yeah, of yeah, the yeah. solo. Uh, I'm not sure who the guitar player is. I should know this, God, um, but yeah, this, this player, like three solid beats of rest before the solo starts. It's so sick. Um, so check it out, folks, if you uh, are into great guitar playing. Do you so, have an answer for this?
1: I, I don't. Well, I do, but I don't. I feel like part of the question, if somebody asked like what the best solo was, we'd be like, well, there's no such thing because of this and that, and it's all subjective. But um, I feel like, yeah, I really like short solos. Like, Freebird is badass. In terms of long solos, Freebird's pretty fucking badass, you know? Right. Um, pretty Actually, iconic. Tim Hicks, I think, uh, they did that for their live show, that whole song. Like, with the end really? solo, note for note. All the way through, wow. which would be badass because you wouldn't expect that. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, for long solos, Freebird's pretty badass. I like short solos too. Like, It's got to be for country, like something by Brent Mason. Um, like the Chattahoochee solo's pretty unreal. Um, mm. And then, like, in terms of, you know what? I know this. I know this. It's uh, got to be something off of John Mayer's album Continuum. Has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. And I really like the solo to uh, Belief. Belief's a good one for like bluesy Ooh. shit. You know?
0: Yeah. I'm picturing it. Yeah. My, or, or like Slow Dancing bur- say, r-
1: Burning Room or something. I was
0: going to say that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Belief is a cool one, though. Yeah. Slow yeah. Dancing is pretty sick. Um, it's short, it's very like tasteful. What do you um, think your
1: average internet goer would say though? Eruption,
0: eruption's the best. Eruption solo. or uh, like um like a Guns N' Roses tune? Yeah, Sweet Child. Uh, what's the? They're both Sweet amazing. Child. Yeah, yeah. They're that both is a amazing, great solo. Like, though. Sweet Child. You know me. How about the? How about the first solo in? I believe in a thing called love by the darkness. Ooh, that's actually a good one. any of the any of the solos in that song are yeah. all so yeah. good.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, also, to Metallica, any Metallica shit. In terms of like full out, like the song is a solo, like I'm a shredder. I'm going to say, for love of yeah. God, Steve Vai, lick my balls if you don't
0: agree. Um, they're small. <laughs> I don't know that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, be- I believe in a thing called love would be in like the top yeah. five for me guitar solo. It just depends is like on what metric put is, together. you know, It's like tastefulness yeah. or just like. I'm fucking- all about like, can I sing it? Yeah. Can I sing it in my head? Can I remember how it goes? Yeah. Like yeah. I can't remember how the Freebird solo goes in my head, really. The Freebird solo like a,
1: it does a good job of taking like two or three minutes, but actually making it exciting. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Like it is cool. Like yeah. I'm like if I'm listening to it, I'm like, okay, this is pretty happening, but but can I really remember Yes you know, the notes in it, not particularly well. Uh, what about, exactly.
2: That's He's got some stuff going, but it's true. It's that whole so uh long. That whole
0: first, like, bit of that solo actually is all kind of one note mm-hmm. in a way, which is kind of cool. It's different approaches to just playing the first, the same note, which is, which is actually sick. Yeah, but then eventually it's just like, yeah, yeah. It's just like, okay. Well, because the, the mean, other, yeah, other cool.
1: end of it, right, like the shreddy end of it, it's like, when you go to the extreme yeah. like you get you turn into like rusty cooley i don't know if you've ever seen rusty, rust, rusty I, cooley no i haven't I'm, I'm just gonna play a little glimpse of rusty cooley <laughs> He's just like a shredder, and it's just—it's just too much. It's not for me. <laughs> I don't think it's for anyone. But yeah, um, to the matter at hand. So yeah, why don't you? Um, why don't you? Yeah, kick this one off. Kick it, kick it off. Well, I guess uh, to cover our bases, I should say that we are not doctors, nor are we giving medical advice. I mean, none of this stuff could be construed that way, anyways. It's just you know, cover. Good our bases. disclaimer. Yeah. yeah, we don't actually know what we're talking about, um, but uh, we figured we would start with my story, um, and uh, it's pretty much just with me, and uh, I guess the first time that I dealt with this stuff for real was like panic attacks, um, which is just, I guess, anxiety, I don't, I don't really know, because there's like panic disorder or something, and then there's anxiety, uh, and you can just have general anxiety, and I think I kind of have that, but... Uh, I was performing, and I was in a really stressful period of my life. I really wasn't taking care of myself, and I, like, was on stage with, like, a cover band I'd been playing with for years and years and years, and uh, I knew the songs really well. I'd known them for ages. It was a super simple gig, but it was just a particularly stressful period of my life, and I, like, I just felt really bad all of a sudden, and I actually started, like, to get dark, like, my eyes... Not like from the outside we're getting dark, but like my vision, I was, you know, it was starting to get it dark uh, and I was breathing really heavy and I like thought I was dying <laughs> essentially. Uh, and okay. I remember looking back at Eddie, who's one of our guests uh, during mm-hmm. this experience. And he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, uh, but uh, I thought I was dying, um, but I like finished the set. Like I, I thought I was dying. I had suspicion I was dying. I wasn't sure, you know, like I knew something was very wrong. Um, I finished the set and then, you know, uh, just took a little break for a bit and then, you know, we like, we had our set break and after the set break, I was good enough to, you know, make her happen. But, um, from then on out, I was terrified of that happening again and I figured it was a panic attack. That's what my doctor said. And, uh, Mm -hmm. so I was going to a bunch of doctors. They thought that it might've been like an inner ear thing. Um, and uh, eventually we just sort of came to the conclusion that it was probably a panic attack, uh, which is very reassur- reassuring, Uh, and I just like, I, I, remember being really afraid of it happening again. So I took a break from gigging for like, I don't even know, like a year ish. Uh, I quit all my bands and, uh, I just sort of handed them off to other people and, uh, went on medicine. Um, I tried a few different medicines and uh like like prescribed medicine um but Mm. uh and the they all like did the job it's just you know side effects and stuff so i had to find the right one but uh and then i I, my first gig back was actually with you guys with the agenda willie couldn't make a vanessa gig uh and Mm. we played at boots in bourbon and i at this point i was already like oh i'm gonna be a film composer and you know maybe do producer stuff too and i've been working on that for like about you know, a year, and uh, I was like, I don't know if I can do this, and Will was like, it doesn't matter, like, you can just kind of do whatever, you know, just get up there and play, and we just need someone on stage, and I did the gig, and it felt great, and pretty much ever since then, that was like four or five years ago, it's like, oh, okay, I'll just sort of roll with it as it goes, and I get nervous still, like, oh, I don't want that to happen, but it really hasn't happened since then, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I've had glimpses of just like, okay, you know, Re, you know, take care of yourself or something like stress like that, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But the funny thing was, I, the sense of anxiety that I would get was about having another panic attack. It was like a right. It was like a, a what's it called a positive feedback loop. That's that's the thing um, because okay. it's like you know you could have a panic attack about being afraid of having a panic attack or about having a panic attack, um, right which is not not great. But um and yeah, like so I was on medicine, I'm still on medicine. It's a, it's good times mostly, you know? Um but uh actually speaking of which I haven't taken my medicine. So I should probably do that <laughs> right now. Just yeah. for uh those of you that are interested, you can't see it cuz of the focus, but uh it's Cymbalta, 60 milligrams. But um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so that's sort of my my experience with it. And I mean, it, it was a bummer, but it wasn't at the same time, you know, like uh, I was like 25, I still had time to change uh, and pivot, but uh, that's what I came to. And I've been on a bunch of medicine, uh, I go to something called the musician clinic, which we'll, we'll talk about a bunch, and part of their thing is for hand injuries, but they kind of, they were... You know, they helped with this as well, and they do help people with that. So I figured it'd be an interesting thing to talk about just because I see it with like in little bits with with everything, you know, like people who have Mm -hmm. like drug problems. It's like, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, that's like they're saying that that's kind of a mental health problem and it makes sense. You know, it makes a lot of sense to me. If I, you know, if this was 100 years ago and they didn't have Cymbalta, um, then I probably would (laughs) have, you know- ended up using things like you know morphine and opium and stuff you know uh, right, or al- right alcohol like heavy alcoholism you know um because right p- alcohol people does will a- turn
0: to those things
1: yeah alcohol does a great job of of uh, you know helping with those symptoms it just has consequences you know
0: yeah uh, right
1: So, have people drink too much at parties get nervous right uh-huh. yeah it's true
0: yeah yeah uh, it's p- true
1: but uh but that's sort of my experience with it i i had like you know kind of here and there and i get depressed as well too and the medicine helps with that and i mean but I, depression has never really been the main issue you know for me it's it's like mm-hmm. the anxiety Um uh, okay but uh so
0: yeah all right well if i if i may like can i ask you if you few things and sort of dive into some of these oh, topics
1: yeah. oh shit um, i'm open about so. <laughs> this i mean okay great I mean, well I, side story i thought i had an std once and told everybody i had it before it was confirmed <laughs> that i didn't have it so fair
0: enough right so then you know
1: <laughs> so you can dive into <laughs> any trouble getting
0: i told like to literally all my friends i'm like that. guys i think i have this and you
1: know according to the tests i didn't
0: Yeah. All right. So anxiety um, is something I think a lot of people do deal with, Mm -hmm. uh, diagnosed as a problem or not. Right. So it's interesting that your anxiety seemed to spur just like for fear of having a panic attack. Like your panic attack wasn't really related to the, the gig you were on or like you weren't nervous about like going on stage. No, per se. Um, and, but there, is, so in, in terms of like what might've triggered that, do you have any sort of idea? Like, yeah,
1: I kind of do like, so yeah, really stressful period in my life. And like, I, I didn't feel very good. Like I remember I got a bit dizzy and I think that might've been it as well. Cause I remember talking about that a lot. Mm-hmm. It was a while ago. Right. So, um, yeah, I remember I, I did get a bit dizzy and like, I was super stressed period of my life and i think i like felt like you know heart palpitations cuz you can get that right like where it's you have a panic attack and it's not necessarily just like you like think your way into it it's kind of that you know but you get like a physical mm. thing and then you fixate on that physical thing and you're like why is my breathing fucked and then right you know goes and goes and goes but and then uh, you
0: just kind of spiral from there 100%, right right yeah. right body yeah. goes into like yeah. fight, fight
1: or flight um right. as the doctor said yeah
0: um, so before th- any of this, had you been seeing doctors for like r- reasons related to mental
1: health? Uh, when I was 18, I was pretty bummed out. Uh, and it was once again, kind of just, I, I think I was just like working too hard and like, not like, it sounds like a brag, but like, I, I feel like I was just pushing myself too hard and maybe not taking good care of myself. Uh, and I mm. went to my doctor and part of his advice then helped me through this later thing um, is uh, my doctor, his name's Dr. Ibsen. He's about to retire, so I'm going to have to get a new doctor. It sucks. But uh, I was depressed. I didn't feel good. Um, And I went to him and just to talk about it, and he's like, I could put you on medication, um, and that works. And the medication does work. And for me, it has worked. Like, it's night and day. Um, Mm. But – He's like, let's try, unless you're, like, really fucked up right now. I didn't say fucked up, but uh, let's try you getting proper sleep, because I wasn't. Um, So, getting the right amount of sleep. You know, you and I were talking about, like, oh, don't watch TV before bed, even though I do. He's like, you know, don't watch TV before bed. Maybe read a book before bed. Uh, Making sure to get proper social, you know, stuff going on. So, actually seeing people, because I can be a bit of a hermit. Mm -hmm. um, Eating properly and eating enough, you know, like, uh, eating mm-hmm. too little and then exercise, which I wasn't doing as well. Um, mm-hmm. I was eating well, uh, I wasn't sleeping well. My social life was a mess and, uh, I wasn't exercising. And he said, usually those four things, uh, are just like, they work just as often as the antidepressants do. Uh, and mm-hmm. he's talked about that ever since too. He like used it at, like a table analogy cause it's four things, but, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, like that, that makes a huge difference. So if any one of those things is really bad, then you're fucked. Or if they're all kind of bad, then you're fucked. You know, like it has to be all in balance, uh, which is great. And that, that made a difference until I was like 25.
0: And that was when the, the actual panic attack incident happened. Right. And so at that point, were you looking after yourself in terms of. Not at all. Exercise and all that stuff. No. So you kind of maybe slipped on that stuff, and then, and then I and was, it was sort of on. a perfect storm. Yeah, of it just was like stress yeah. and and all that stuff not really being in line. It was like right. um
1: like uh I had went from being kind of playing in a few bands to playing in like a ton of bands. I started getting calls for mm. like a ton of bands, country bands, and I wasn't very good at learning tunes quickly, and I was just like working mm. myself like raw essentially. Uh, and then, you mm-hmm. know, like just, I had a girlfriend at the time. She was pissed cause she never saw me and it just all came together. Right. It's bad times. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, no, that Dr. Ibsen shit was great. I did that for the year after, right? Like while I was working on my film stuff. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. it was pretty fucked up. Another thing that was great was the musician's clinic, uh, which is something that we'll talk maybe more about, or maybe we should talk about now. Uh, Just in, talk about
0: it. Yeah, get yeah. into it. Where 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 is it and and what is uh? How do people get in touch with it? What what does it do? So I
1: went originally for pain when I was eighteen. So it was around the time that I had that first kind of stress thing. Um, yeah. And uh, the f- they they have two clinics. There's one in Hamilton and one in Toronto. Obviously, you know they have clinics throughout Canada. I believe uh, I don't think they do in America. Maybe they do, but uh, it's free. And I went, uh, I had to find it myself, actually. My doctor had never heard of it, uh, and my mm. hand was all fucked up, and he sent me there, and I've just kind of been going ever since. Uh, but they do—they deal with everything, like from addiction, mental health, physical hand problems, which is why I went originally. Um, it's, like, really, really helpful. I know other musicians as well, too, and they're like, yeah, I just go every now and again, and it's, like, you know, free therapy in a way. Um,
0: and, like... And this, that's all covered by... Ohip hip by Oh, uh, hip. Yep. Yep. Yeah, which O-hip. is our, our health insurance in, in Ontario. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. And you can get you can get therapy sessions for free there, too. So covered what it is. Uh, it's it's
1: it's covered uh, is there. I don't want to say that they are session like I don't know if they'd officially say they're therapy. But when you go there, they give you an hour. You talk about shit for an hour. So I'll talk about my life. Yeah. Talk about goals. Talk about like, you know, you just talk for an hour. You know, and he'll like. And who, who are you talking to? Uh, a doctor. Okay. Uh, that but said, not necessarily like our I don't, our, think he, I don't like know. A... He's, he's a psychiatrist, though. So I, I don't see. think it's like. I, I don't think it's like. Because I've been to therapy actually as well during that year uh, where I was yeah, doing yeah. the film school thing. It was very broke. Uh, therapy is very expensive. But um, I
0: know. That's why I was thinking, like, man, I'm, I'd be down to go. This yeah. is
1: covered. Like, so therapy was more yeah. like a structure, you know, like it was like. The, y- you could like read a book and you could tell what she was doing you know she had specific goals where this is more like you go and talk you know okay so there were elements of that in the therapy that i did but when i when i went to him it was all centered around talking and it like advice and shit you know it was good to go to talk to somebody and also too if i had troubles with my hand um and yeah it was it was great um
0: just to interject for a second the when you're talking about your hand like you're I guess most people would probably know the guitar player, but you were having like pain, like chronic kind of pain yes, in your and fretting, I still do fretting hand, right? Yeah, yeah
1: my fretting. And you're hand. still
0: battling that, so you've oh, yeah. you've you've had like um, you know, to work on that technique a lot, and I imagine there's been like a level of anxiety associated with sure, um, you know, potential like injury and stuff to that to that uh, fretting hand, yeah.
1: yeah, 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 exactly. Like I, it's something that I have to keep on top of, but I guarantee you that you know, in 10 years, you know, when you're 40, everyone's going to have something to this effect. You know, the body's just not as resilient.
0: Mm-hmm. Do they have um, people at the musician's clinic? Like, do they have a physiotherapist there? Is that who you were seeing about the hand? Or no, is it all it's, the same It's doctor? all the same
1: people. There's two doctors that I know of, at least in this area. Uh, there's Dr. McMillan and Dr. Chong, I believe. Yeah, and they're they're both doctors. And I think they're just kind of, I don't know what their qualifications are. They are doctors of medicine. It's just, I don't mm-hmm. know, you know,
0: they specialize like in the, the musician problems areas. <laughs> well, and th- I think that's the yeah. thing.
1: It's like, I know that they don't get paid as well as normal doctors, which is like really annoying. Um, oh, really? That's yeah. Well, cause it's, it's, it's like an odd specialization, you know? Mm. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, it's super handy. It's worth a shot, but also therapy. Yeah. Therapy was like therapy. Therapy was great. Um, I wish I could have done more, but it was expensive, and uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. There's so many different types of it too. Like I did psychotherapy, uh, which is a, a particular thing. There's like cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, there's this. I think there's one like dialectic something therapy now like there's tons of different types of therapy and they're all like have their their thing you know um mm. so if i was like you know raking in like nine a year i'd be going to therapy once a week for sure and like switching therapists over the years you know um, yeah yeah it's important to have that shit sorted out in like a high stress job like ours i guess every job's high stress
0: every job and life you know for sure is is a, is stressful uh is there one or two like maybe big points that you took away from those therapy sessions that you could share like or That's is was question. it is yeah. it hard to sort of pin that down like were oh. there some like some eureka moments in yeah. that in those sessions where you're like oh i've been thinking this way and i need to start thinking this way or is it not that simple i it's a good question
1: uh, i there was i think with therapy, they identify almost like character flaws that are causing you problems. You know, like say for instance mine, I'm not very good at getting angry, you know? Um, so <laughs> okay, like, yeah. like like, like that was a then. huge problem. Uh, and most okay. of the therapy was trying to get me to get angry. She would like bring wow, up a hypothetical okay. and then be like, you know, uh, it was bizarre. It, like but that's psychotherapy, right? So maybe psychotherapy does focus on anger more. but yeah, like having a healthy relationship with anger, uh, knowing that it has like a place and, and all that stuff in terms of stuff that uh, I got from uh, her name is Kate Sisery. I don't th- I don't know if she practices anymore because it was like five years ago and she was she was getting out there. Um, I don't, yeah, I can't really pinpoint anything particular like I think anger is a big thing for a lot of people. You know, just having, Mm. being able to get healthy angry at someone as opposed to maybe Mm. like too angry, like going off the handle uh, or just not getting angry at all and like suppressing Mm. it. And that is my problem. Right. Ladder. latter. But, uh, but uh, yeah, no, with, with Dr. Chong and all them, like the musician's clinic, their big thing was like balance. Um, When I was 18, he was like, you know, you're playing too much, you're on the instrument too much. You need to live more. Like he got me really into meditation for two years and then I kind of just, you know, it's a hard practice to keep up. Um, yeah, but it uh, is. And, uh, and like his big thing was balance, right? Like having a good life, just kind of like Dr. Ibsen, you know, like having a well-balanced mm-hmm. life, eating right, you know, sleep, all that stuff. Uh, practicing a big thing for physical problems was not practicing more than 45 minutes without taking a 10-minute sort of walk around, um, and mm-hmm. that, that's made a huge difference. Um, in terms of him though, I think it's more so just talking, talking your shit out. I'm so open about this shit. Like I, yeah, like I tell everybody about like my bullshit if they want to know. Um, yeah. but, uh, maybe that's because I've gone to these people since so young. So maybe that's the thing too, as well. Just yeah, talk yeah. your shit out. Uh, cause, uh, everybody, everybody's dealing with this to, to an extent, you know, I guarantee you that yeah. the amount of people that are like technically have problems with anxiety at certain points in their life uh, or depression or like, you know, like just these things like ADHD, you know, ADHD isn't just like, oh, my attention's no good. ADHD has like real life ramifications or being on the spectrum. It's just everybody's got something OCD. OCD's another thing. Obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't think there's a fucking human being in the world that couldn't benefit from therapy, uh, and also, too, like, w- that it wouldn't change their life, you know, if they were in a particular period in their life. You know, because maybe you're at a good period now, but maybe in 10 years you won't be, you know? So you're going mm. need it, to need it eventually. Um, it's definitely worth going to. But uh, it's just, it's an interesting thing, because there's, like, a, a funny side to it, and there's, like, when you see it in, in like, celebrities, you um, and I don't mean like mm-hmm. depression and anxiety, but just like yeah. when you see like the antics of like people from the eighties and shit, you know, you yeah, see yeah. like, like, uh, people that were like raging alcoholics, um, like musicians, uh, like uh, I'm trying to think of, of some of them, um, or like just people that, you know, did a bunch of cocaine and heroin and shit like the Rolling Stones, you know, Huh? fucking Rolling Stones were yeah. like clearly
0: had some shit going on that they needed to sort out, but. You know, wasn't it's kind of, of looked back on as like, oh, they were just you know boys being boys, like that yeah. was rock and roll back then. But it's like, is that really what was going on, or were these people like turning to drugs to deal with like the stress of yeah. what their situation was? Right. Well, so um,
1: like it, there's there's a reason why we become artists, and like I'm not a doctor, but I feel like we're all kind of especially fucked up because we persevering to be this thing you know it's a particular (laughs) kind of person to want the attention that we're getting uh or to want to lead that isn't just satisfied with you know like i'll just work a job you know
0: yeah so that there's stuff to be sorted out there you know sure yeah yeah and, and just yeah wanting to create something lasting and and yeah wanting to express our our ourselves that way yeah yeah like I wonder why that is yeah I don't know I mean I'm not I I hopefully doesn't mean that there's like something fundamentally wrong with all of us but I think the fact that like music um you know it comes from you like if you're playing the guitar that's you doing that so if you mess up that's you you know what I mean yeah um if you're take it personally yeah, it, it's very, it's very personal and like, uh, especially if you're singing, man, like, and you sing a bad note, like, it just feels horrendous. Cause or you write that, a song you know, and it's dumb, you know? Or you write a song and it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's dumb. Yeah, it's a shit very, very personal heard. thing. So so there's yeah. a lot of self-worth tied into every aspect of um, what we do career-wise, right? Yeah. So it's important to recognize that and try and, and being able to manage that can be difficult at times. It's going to
1: come up too. Like if you're a
0: musician, like, Oh man, like nothing. The thing about it's very up and down because like nothing feels better than crushing it. Like playing a great show. I hit all my notes. I played a great solo. The Crowd was into it. You're in like, the zone the no- whole time. N- nothing is better than that, and nothing is worse than feeling like you didn't have it. Yeah, or you know, the audience wasn't into it, or like any number of factors can but throw also- you off, and any number of factors can throw you off like mid-show. Yeah, too. Yeah, like just seeing the expression on someone's face in the audience—it probably has nothing to do with what you're doing. Oh, and for just sure. Be like, oh. like and getting vibed out, you know.
1: But also the stress of just being on the road for you know a, a year. That's not conducive mm-hmm. to good good like mental health, you know? Drinking a bunch, not getting yeah. like regular sleep. That was a big thing, like regular sleep. You have a sleep routine. If you don't have that, yeah. Like that's like foundation one. If you don't have that, your brain is going to get fucked. Not permanently, but it's just going to be thrown out, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's why you yeah, see Yeah, I stuff. mean there's
0: th- yeah, that's a whole other topic is but yeah, like touring trying to um Yeah, maintain all these things while you're on the road so that you don't start to, yeah, fall apart um, emotionally or otherwise, right? Like, making sure you... I mean, we talked about this last time on the Traps episode, but it's like, you know, you don't need to party every night. You don't Mm -hmm. need to drink habitually. Like, that's not a requisite for being a musician on tour. But, you know, one of the things that I've always done is, like, as soon as I'm on the road, I feel like that's when I start ordering salads more frequently and like doing exercise after I wake up sure. every morning and stuff. Like I, I just, I don't know what it is about being on the road, but that's when my brain goes to like,
1: Be careful. it's time
0: to take care of us Yeah, right now, sure. you know, and like make sure that we're doing all the right things. And I think I, maybe that goes back to just being a vocalist and like, if you don't, um, you know, eat healthy and get a good amount of sleep, then your, your voice, uh, is going to fail you. Also you're More in your thirties now too.
1: Right? I think you're like, yep. you have a maturity that if you were like 20 years old, you were on a tour, you know, with yeah mass, you were like, you were the shit. You can get in a lot <laughs> yeah. of fucking trouble, man. You know, you can get like, into some even hard-aster. if you're not
0: famous, like yes. everybody's like you grow up hearing all those stories. It's like you finally get to go on tour for the first time. You're like, I want to do all that stuff. Like yeah. people are looking for it. Right. They're yeah, looking man. for trouble and whatever. I mean, like you can get away with a lot of stuff in your 20s, but you're absolutely right. Like taking care of yourself on the road. I mean, look at any of the any of the rock stars from the 70s, 80s, 90s that are still doing it now are like all these guys are like personal trainer i'm a marathon runner now yeah. i'm a vegan yeah. i don't drink i don't do drugs don't understand at all the
1: rolling stones are still alive you know? man
0: well mick jagger runs a marathon every day what I or didn't something like know that. that i don't I know maybe a half marathon yeah he's like lots. an insanely in shape yeah uh, runner right so these you know these guys who lived hard and fast back in the day it's like no, they've they've realized that that's not sustainable, sure, sure. and they've come around. So well, that's
1: why you see the twenty seven club, man. That's one of the things we wrote down. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah who, Who's exactly. in the twenty seven club? Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, right? Kurt Cobain. Hendrix, probably yeah. Kurt, yeah. Um, Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. John uh,
0: Bonham, maybe. Y- yeah. See, I've,
1: yeah. In in my mind, there older than me like led zeppelin and their prime are older than me but it's like oh
0: yeah no they're not at all not
1: at all they're yeah or like,
0: younger than us when they were um yeah.
1: of really um uh, but uh yeah like so, you, someone was saying uh i think it was an interview with russell brand uh, and uh he was interviewing someone it was like a therapist or something <clears throat> um i can't remember his name but um yeah like uh they were talking about the 27 club and how it's just you know, you choose to like grow up at that point. Like obviously it's not a choice. They didn't choose to die, Mm -hmm. but it's like Russell Brand was really in heroin and he quit when he was 27. Uh, And it's like he chose to live. He chose to do what he needed to do to get to that next point, you know? Because someone like Amy Amy Winehouse had such a, I don't know if her childhood was so fucked up, but it was fucked up and, you know, she had all of her problems and, you know, she got in with the wrong crowd and she wasn't able to get, Past it because you can't really survive that long doing heroin and stuff like that. She didn't mm-hmm. die from heroin, I don't think, though. She'd quit heroin at that point. It was, uh, she was bulimic and, uh, and, uh, she wasn't, she was really in alcohol, I believe. And, mm. uh, and it, her body just couldn't handle it, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, so you're saying there's, there is some sort of a tipping point around age 27 That's where you they either sort of yeah. succumb to, um, this type of stuff, or you 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 power through, right? So yeah. I mean, like, while it all seems like fun and games, it's like, oh, we're young, we're twenty one, we're on the road, we're gonna like, you know, drink a bunch and whatever, do whatever else. It's like that is potentially leading you down a road that's, you know, not gonna end super well for you. And like, for mo- maybe for most people, it's like it's whatever you you just it's never it never ends up being a big deal. But I I think if you can start as early as possible in your life, having a good sort of exercise regime, a healthy diet, um, you know, obviously not doing a bunch of drugs and stuff like that. Then, yeah. um, you can really, um, set yourself up to, to be in, in good health and not start to flirt with, with, uh, that sort of disastrous path. Cause you can um, survive
1: past 27 doing those things. Like there are people, I can't remember that one guy, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, I, I, I'm not sure how long he did heroin, but I'm pretty sure he died of, if I'm not mistaken, an overdose, and, like, mm. he survived I past right. all that stuff, but it's like, yeah. I feel like you don't start that when you're 40, you know, you don't start heroin, like, you start it when yeah. you're young, you know, like, yeah, the hard yeah, drugs, think- it's like, and, like, you can't get away with that now, you know, like, I feel like 30 or 40 years ago, you could, because it's like, well, there's only so many amazing guitarists, and Only so many amazing singers and amazing songwriters and people that have like grown up in it. But now it's like you just can't, you can't do that Mm -hmm. stuff. You know, I've like Mm -hmm. I I was joking in the other episode. I've never even like physically seen cocaine. Mm -hmm. I've I've heard someone doing it because they said they were going to do it. (laughs) I was like, right, that's fucked up. We are not making enough money to justify that expense today. Yeah, (laughs)
0: like I mean, it's there's certainly it certainly feels like it's not really a thing for me anyways, like growing yeah. up. Um, whereas it, you know, was probably a lot more so in the seventies, eighties, nineties, whatever. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think like, especially in music, but everywhere in life, like you're absolutely, absolutely right that everybody is dealing with these issues on some level. This yeah. is the same way that everybody gets sick on some level. Everybody gets injured on some level. Yep. Like, Your voice gets tired. you know, you're going to, you know, you're gonna break a bone at some point in your life, maybe, or or sprain your ankle, or what? You know, however minor that is, like you're gonna go through uh, mental sort of health things as well, like however yeah. major or minor. And it's like knowing knowing how to ask for help and where to go for help. I think is super valuable and getting. Help, and I think it's yeah. really difficult for people. Like it's super cool that you're super open about it because yeah, yeah. I think it's really hard for people. Um, to admit that they're you know like it takes it takes a lot for me to admit, like even to like Katie, like my partner, like the closest person in my life, to be like, I'm sad about this, like mm. this I feel sad I feel I'm like, bad with I'm, depression
1: stuff, or see sadness and depression are different but i'm i'm I would have a harder time admitting that I'm depressed than anxious because anxious yeah. is just so like it's just clear. You know, it's just anxious. Like,
0: I can, I can do, but yeah. saying I'm sad or I'm yeah, hurt yeah. by something, uh, and you know, is is hard to admit because I just feel like we we're raised to like suck it up. You know, yeah. And and the, so and there, you know, stigma and whatever else around, just sort of you don't want to weird people out. You know, yeah. You don't want to be like oh, I'm, I'm sad today. Like I, I don't feel good about
2: this. That and the other thing. People too, and, you, and then
0: and then you, you know you're afraid of people being like oh. This guy's kind of weird you know what I mean? like that's. well you that's want to tell we, the right people what, right like
1: I, yeah like if i was having panic attacks and the first person i fucking told was some like person i barely knew he'd be like that's fucked
0: good luck you know like yeah like um, but you wouldn't hesitate to to be like oh yeah i broke my leg true true yeah because you get sympathy yeah. for that right it's true but yeah. if you say like oh yeah i'm i've been kind of depressed lately it's like people are like "Ooh." Like yeah, I don't, I don't I want to, don't talk know to what they do guy. about it. That might yeah. be contagious, you know. Well, so
1: we all just tuck it a, down until it becomes a fucking clinical problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I just, I just think it's cool to be open about it. It's mm-hmm. great to talk about it, and I think it's great to recognize that everybody deals with these things. Like I've been, I've been up and down emotionally, depending on what's going on, my, on in my life, and I've recognized that to the point of like doing some therapy and like, all, and and you know. It, it, to the point where I'm like, man, if I could do therapy affordably, I would just go every, I don't know, four weeks or two weeks. Better being just being. to maintain. Yeah. yeah, like you were it's saying, like, oh,
1: uh, I'm af- I'm afraid to say that I'm sad to my girlfriend. And it's like I, I'm the same fucking way. But a therapist would help yeah. you like structure that in a way that you're comfortable, and then you'd like say yeah. those things, you know,
0: how to express those feelings and how to sort of how to manage them rather than just cramming them down right and uh yeah like i heard one one podcast that let's do the one of the guys saying like yeah going to therapy it's like going to the gym but for for your emotions yeah Yeah, yeah. and that is like that makes so much sense right so they also have good perspective on life they've
1: seen a lot of people's like they've heard intimate shit about a lot of people's lives yeah so they can be like don't you think that's kind of fucked that you did that and then you can be like well what do you mean and then they'll say something you'll be like I never thought of it that way, you know? Right. Um right. pretty good advice givers. But they don't generally give like advice advice. You know what I mean? It's mm. more like they give you like a structure. You know, for her mm-hmm. it was it was uh trying my my plan to get back on stage, you know, like um which was like like don't put any labels on it, like, oh I'm gonna be a performer again. It's like, yeah, just take some gigs. You know, low pressure yes. gigs. Um, yeah. And you're going to be a film composer, but you know you can do gigs here and there. But uh, yeah, but it's an, I think that's great advice. It's it's an interesting one. I mean, so we talked about yeah. drugs. Uh, I mean, I don't know what your opinions on on certain types of drugs are, but I mean, it's it's you know, do what you're going to do. Like no judgment here. Um, well, there's judgment. I'm I can't help it. I'm such a judgy <laughs> person. Like I need to fucking work on it.
0: Well, I'm I'm curious about what you've been prescribed and like how you oh you uh, mean what your experiences were and like yeah or like the ones before that like what worked what didn't work what yeah you found the side effects to be what you found the efficacy of, of the actual like medicine to be
1: so one of the things that I, I remember listening to i think it was that same russell brand thing and they were talking about depression doesn't really have you can't have like a clear enough diagnosis for it so, they're like, oh, do the drugs work? And it's like, well, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But it's like, is the person depressed or does their life just, is it just a mess or is it like both? You know? Cause like you, like I, they were saying, if you're a person whose life is completely together and you still fucking hate life, it's like the drugs, or not completely together, cause nobody has their life together, but you know, their, yeah, their life is, you, you know, not a complete wreck, but they're still depressed. It's like, yeah, there's a very, very, very good chance that the drugs are just going to flat out work for you like nobody's business. That is not the case with me. My life is obviously not a huge mess, but it's more of a mess than someone who's like a lawyer, you know? Um, yeah, right. You know, so like, um, but like, you know, I, because I, I think also too, I was a bit depressed at the time, but that wasn't the forefront I didn't have to do anything about it because it wasn't fucking up my career, you know. Mm, um, right. You can of just tuck it down, and I think that made me. That's where why the anxiety kind of came up. But uh, with these bad boys, um, they uh, they I've never gotten to that same point again. But and I've never certain things I can just tuck away, you know. So say for instance, like before, if I was my heart really racing or something like that that was something that i had in my first panic attack um if i get a heart racing now i can just go oh just don't worry about it you know and i'm yeah, more right. able to do that now um what i believe that these are because there's so many different types of uh antidepressants that's the thing like if one doesn't work you just try a different one or if you don't like the side effects of another one um with uh with these ones the the serotonin in your brain or something like that like the things that receive serotonin i think it like doubles the, its ability to receive it or something like that somehow mm-hmm. rejigulates, refoculates your your chemicals in your head um yeah. i definitely i think i'm less capable of being depressed as well too cuz i've had bad things happen since then and you know i haven't gone i don't think i've gone nearly as low i think it like kind of it's almost like a compressor, you know. It does cut off the highs, yeah. I think, a little bit, you know. But it, it definitely cuts <laughs> off the, the the low a little bit. That's a I guess that would it. be an equalizer. But like, it cuts off the the really crazy shit, and then it, it yeah. cuts off the the, the really like uh, really sad shit. So, um, right? But, uh, yeah, know it, It's been great in sense, and I mean, one of the side effects that I found, I've been on them for like a long time, uh, and it's a sign that maybe I need I don't need them anymore is uh mm. it, it definitely for me with these this particular one not the other one, I find that some things I don't enjoy is more like crazy enjoyment you know um, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely not a robot you know everybody thinks that you're gonna take these drugs and it's gonna like take away what makes you and it's like I no one said anything to me you know
0: yeah, you don't feel like you've lost yourself no no like you would say that it's improved your life oh a hundred percent hundred yeah. uh, percent. Yeah.
1: Like it, I didn't even know how I was going to manage because I was very depressed actually. <laughs> Technically I was very depressed after I first had my panic attacks. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, the medicine. Well, of course,
0: I mean you pretty much quit your whole career. like Pretty much my whole life, yeah.
1: It was like, yeah. oh, this is everything I've ever worked for and I just can't do it anymore.
0: So yeah. like that's her, that would be depressing for anybody whether or not you had A mental issue right like that's such a huge loss to take right but so long story short the drugs
1: from what i found and talked to other people about uh people aren't as open about like that they're on drugs i think like part of because my whole thing was like dramatic and like i have to quit music it's like Mm -hmm. that kind of was like how to make it clear it's like oh i'm good now i'm on medicine but um Mm -hmm. but uh yeah like i've talked with people about it and Drugs definitely do their fucking job, you know. The the medicine, I guess, but uh, you know, teach his own. I think you can do it without it. Yeah, too. but yeah, uh, I was more so talking about like drugs and alcohol. Drugs and alcohol. Okay, like <laughs> those are uh, those are interesting things, you know. Like I know that alcohol, uh, it, it works at masking anxiety, but it, it is a depressant, so it can make you depressed afterwards, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, right, but the thing that I was saying about drug drugs is like I feel like they're different. You know, like I think there's nothing wrong with pot. Everybody's
0: got their threshold, but you know, cocaine. Can yeah, be pretty crazy. Well, the I I think it's a real good thing that um you know marijuana is becoming more like acceptable, accepted, and kind mm-hmm. of mainstream and and whatever. Like, and I mean, I think too much of anything is obviously. Not gonna be a good thing, but I mean, alcohol's ruined far, far, far more lives than pot has. And like, you know, um any of the other obviously like really hard drugs. Like so I think it's I think it's a good thing that if people are looking for uh an escape or like an intoxication or something, that that's more readily available right now and and not uh not criminal because i think it's one of the safest and you know healthiest uh well people you know
1: they seem to feel with that way i mean we don't know what we're talking about but from our experience with people and like just reading shit but like um one of the ones that people that i'm on the fence about and this is just this is more so from like a mental like i find that drugs alcohol all the crazy debauchery with like music Ties into mental health. That's why we're talking about it. But like, mm. what do you think about psychedelics?
2: I, I never couldn't trust
1: myself
0: with them personally. I'd be, I'd be so afraid, man. Yeah, yeah. I'd be so afraid.
1: That's as um, far as I'd be willing to go. You know, um, I I'd do some shrooms. I don't think I would do LSD. LSD seems hard as fuck for me.
0: Yeah, um, I don't. I don't think I could handle either of those things. But um, I've heard
1: people microdosing shrooms, man.
0: Yeah, and, and there's, like, studies going life, on yeah. about, you know, improving people's mental health with... Uh, but that's, like, different than what we're talking about. Microdosing and stuff like it's that. It's,
1: like, the the fucking, you know, like, if you're fucking ripping heroin or meth and shit like that. Like, Eddie Van Halen, I'm pretty sure he was way into meth, and it's, like, yeah, homeboy's been working his whole fucking life. You know, it takes a toll. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's why it's great to have, have had the musician's clinic and just have the... The balance um, sort of instilled in me since the the beginning, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that's pretty much it. Like, that's my whole thing with the mental health stuff is it's like it, we just got to be better about talking about it. I would obviously love to have fucking uh, a way that therapy was more affordable um, mm-hmm. and like less stigma behind getting help. Um, less stigma behind the medicine. It is a scary fucking thing to take a medicine that could like yeah. change oh, yeah. the way you think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm like, I don't even like taking Advil. You know what me I mean? Like yeah. I, I just I just don't like putting stuff in my body that I think is gonna do something. I, I don't know. Yep. It's freaky, and you don't know right? exactly
1: what it does and like the long-term effects, yeah.
0: you know? Yeah, um, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I take Advil you know, probably on a weekly basis because like I don't want to have a headache or whatever I have, but, like, um, yeah, so so all that stuff is super valid. I won't take
1: Advil. (laughs) Like, I will if I really need it. Like, I have a bad shoulder right now, and Will's like, oh, Mm. you know, you should take some Advil. And I'm like, but it's not going to, like, fix the problem. You know, it's just going to mask the feeling, which is true of these these depression things. But that being said, once again, not a doctor, but I'm, I'm fairly certain, like, that uh, with some of these, like depression, if you go into, because the difference between depression and being sad is like depression is a constant thing, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, something terrible happened, and then I'm sad. But, you know, if you're sad constantly for a very extended period of time, I think it goes to the point where it's depression, Um, you know? Uh, And uh, with the medicine, like they don't, you know, you don't stop taking the medicine and then your brain is like different and better afterwards. But I think that if you get out of a period of that depression, you know, if you have sunk so low that you can't get yourself out, I think the medicine kind of gets you up to a certain point so that you're not, you know, fucking up your life worse. Then you can kind of start to feel more positive, you know? I see what you mean. Yeah. 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 It
0: can sort of give you a helping hand sort of out of that uh situation yeah and then maybe you can learn to sort of stand on your own uh afterwards right
1: yeah it's just fucked because like stuff with depression and ocd and anxiety like everybody has elements of it i talked to my doctor doctor about that with ocd it's like everybody has elements of that you know stupid Mm -hmm. like things they obsess over and like almost like compulsions that they need to do you know like to to get i don't know like say for instance you're like you got to check your amp before you pack it up for a gig, you know? And, like, that's mm. that's a procedure, but it could become unhealthy, you know? Where someone with OCD would have to, like, do something, you know, more extreme than that. Like, they'd have to check their amp and then, like, count to, like, 10 and, you know, right. like lock the door a certain particular order. Um, yeah. The only other yeah. thing that I really wanted to talk about, and, and you see it, I've read uh, Russell Brands by, I don't know if it's biography, it's called Bookie Wookie. Um, it's a really, really funny book, yeah. but, uh, and you I haven't just, read it, but, uh, oh, it's great. Um, you see it with other, uh, famous people. It doesn't seem like fame or success is going to fix any of this, you know? No, it amplifies it. Yeah. Yeah. That was his thing. He's like, yeah, well, I'm on it heroin. It my life sucks. And, uh, if I, uh, you know, if I get famous, then I won't feel so shitty and my self-worth will be better. And it's like, I don't think so. <laughs> you know? No, so like, no, if, I
0: think it makes all of those things worse.
1: Yeah, so if your plan is like to grind it out and just get to the tippity top and then you'll feel better, it's like, I haven't experienced that at all. You know, I haven't... I haven't. Well, this is the
0: thing that we were talking about last week where it's like, when are you done? What is yeah. success? When it, When have you arrived? Never. It's never... Like, life is about the journey. There is no destination where it's like, all right, all my all my problems are over now. Like, yeah, it's not gonna work. You know, it's like people get married and they have a bunch of problems, and they're like, "Oh, well, if we get, you know, once we get married, that then, then it'll be fine, right?" Sure. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it gets worse. Like, right.
1: So it's a band aid. Like it's like a distraction.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, you need to be taking care of yourself along the way. You yeah. know, so in a sustainable um, way. Yeah, in a sustainable way. So I think to like to summarize, like what I got out of what you just. Uh, talked about and first of all like thanks for sharing all that stuff and being willing to uh, to do that i think that's super awesome um like what i got out of all that was sort of you want to start with those four pillars being like sleep uh physical activities socially socializing in a healthy way and diet right yeah everybody should have that in check like you want to be healthy in those four areas that's the first place you just to don't look, want to be right? like
1: completely a mess in any of them or mm-hmm. like yeah. kind of a mess in all of them you know yeah, some people right. you know they they crush you know most of them and one of them is not great you know mm-hmm. i know people that Well, it's exercise. always going to be
0: a little bit of a sliding scale but yeah i mean some i think those are four it. areas that even like healthy people should strive to like maintain right yeah yeah so I think that's a great starting place, it was and huge then when my doctor said that, you know, yeah. and then if you are experiencing, like I think, just just being more open about our emotions in general, and being more willing to talk to people, and as somebody who's maybe being talked to about that stuff, like being accepting, being open to, you know, not being uh, stigmatic.
2: It's hard because I don't like, know,
1: I don't know what the, what the problem is because I've never spoken to someone. And then been like, whoa, this guy's fucked. You know, I've never gotten that impression.
0: I wonder mm. where the problem is with that. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just, that's definitely a feeling I've had is like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna tell the truth here because like, I'm gonna weird somebody out. Or I'm you gonna know? like, yeah. I'm gonna appear to be weak or whatever. Like, well, there's, a, there's certainly like a thing there, right?
1: I think so. You have to talk to the right person though. We were saying this before, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like yeah. if you're gonna go to someone, cause when I'm saying, oh, you should talk about it, like, the reason why I'm so open about it is almost like a pride thing. It's like I don't want to be ashamed mm. of anything. So, you know me. I fucking I literally just told you earlier in the episode I thought I had an STD ages ago. Yeah. I told literally everybody. I made a point yeah. of it. I went to my yeah. gig and I'm like, guys, I think I have this. Uh, yeah. And uh, and uh, it turned out I didn't. But um, but like yeah, like say for instance, if I've just played a gig with you. Or like, you know, I kind of know you and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of depressed. Sometimes if the person has been dealing with depression, it like, it's great. Like if somebody starts talking about like, oh yeah, like if you were to talk to me, I'm pretty open about these things. So you would probably know if you played gigs with me, it's like, oh yeah, Mike's had troubles with this shit. You know, it's like, oh, talk to Mike, you know, but mm-hmm. certain people, yeah, they're not ideal to talk to. You want to talk to the right person, you know, like close people, people that are close to you. I even like, say for instance, my dad, like you know, my dad doesn't get this stuff and not because he's a bad guy. He's just never experienced this or never like delved into it. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's not the kind of person to talk to. You know, you got to talk to the right people. Like someone like you, you'd be great to talk to. Uh, Willie, Willie was fine to talk to. And, you know, like he doesn't have as much of this stuff. I don't think, I think, you know, as he gets older though, but yeah, you got to talk to the right people about this shit. I think that's where the apprehension is.
0: You just don't want to talk to to the wrong person. Hopefully you you have access to understanding people in your life and a support yeah. system too, right? Because not everybody already. has that. But but yeah. if you're so lucky to have that, um, you know, and yeah, like absolutely, reach out to me, reach out to Mike, like if if, if you need to. Um, but also having the resource um, available, like the musicians clinic, yes, or that's or your such doctor. valuable information, right? Go to your yeah, or just go to your yeah, or doctor, or or go to your, your doctor. Like this stuff is becoming more. Uh, this stuff—I shouldn't like, call it that—but like, <laughs> well, like I, mental health as an as an issue has become much more, um, you know, mainstream, accepted. It's becoming better understood. It's becoming more um, le- less stigmatized and more sort of like there, there's there's more acceptance uh, to it. So yeah, talk to your doctor. Go go to a, a resource like the musicians musicians clinic. I think that's huge. Yeah. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, that's, and then if, you know, if, if medication is what needs to happen, then that's sort of, that's the next step, you know? Yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. The doctors, the doctors will tell you what they need to do. Cause I,
1: they're not just going to push meds on you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Unless you have a, like, that's why it's good to have a, a good, you know, general practitioner doctor, you know, someone mm-hmm. that you go to all the time. But the, the first thing they're going to do like, they're not going to be like, yep, antidepressants they're going to talk to you for a bit and you're going to have like a few appointments and shit you know yeah it's it's good to talk about i mean we're fortunate because we have a sense of purpose you know yeah we're musicians and like we're striving to like like the thing that's moving us forward the thing is that that's like propelling me and getting me through life is i want to be a musician and you know i want to like get to the next gig and have fun in the next gig and you know produce people Mm. and all that shit but people that don't have this can, like that. That's even worse, you know. And I kind of lose sight of that too, you know.
0: Right. Is you, always, right? you always want to have something to look forward to. Yeah, I think is what a lot of people say. Yeah. Yeah, but also too something
1: gives your life meaning. You know, that's the purpose. Yeah. Thing, right. You know. Um, yeah. So we're fortunate that we have that. It's just
0: which a lot of us have probably been struggling with, given that we can't <sighs> work as normal right now, right? Yes. I definitely go through mm-hmm. weeks where
1: I'm like. This is starting to get unhealthy, you know. Like I wouldn't Mm. say it's, I wouldn't say it's depression exactly because there's like a, like the pillars that my doctor was talking about. The four of them are not in order, you know. But I, um, I would say that if it kept persisting that way, it could be bad, you know. But it's like, yeah, Yeah. you just got to take better care of yourself, you know.
0: But it's a, Um, this
1: is a strange thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, one, uh, one thing that I – so a couple things actually that, that I want to interject here that I've been yeah. doing that have, I think, improved, like, you know, I I've, myself am not. Uh, I can't speak from a place as somebody who's, like, really had a, a rough go with mental health, but yes I, these are co- a couple things that I've noticed about myself that if I am kind of feeling frustrated or uh, in, you know, a bad mood or feeling negative or whatever, however you want to say, like – um, if I'm exercising regularly, the, I, oh, I yeah. feel a huge difference in my sort of overall spirit and, and attitude and sort of mental state. And one thing that I just started doing last week, uh, my friend John took me to a rock climbing gym and, oh, uh, yeah. have you ever done this?
1: Yes. I, it's, my hands were super sore afterwards cause they're weak as yeah, fuck, but
0: it's hard work. But it's super fun, and I don't want yeah. to get like too preachy about it because I've only done it twice. But I've just had a great time both times I've gone. It doesn't feel like you're working out because it's yeah. not like you're going to the gym and like I got to do ten reps of this, then ten reps of this. This is like, can I climb this formation? Like I'm gonna try, yeah. and then you like you want to. It's like you know beating a level in a game or something. Like, you want to you want to do it. Uh, so I've really enjoyed doing that. Uh, the other thing that I've gotten into over the last couple of months is, uh, is a little bit of meditation. Not oh, yeah. i like a super intense way, but, uh, if you go online and just Google, um, I think it's called alternate nostril breathing meditation. Wait, what? I've never yeah, heard of so, this. Well, yeah. I mean, folks can look it up. We'll put it in the show notes, but basically I'll set a timer on my phone for like three minutes or like five minutes, like very short amount of time. Right. And then you close your eyes and essentially what you do is you plug one nostril, uh, exhale, inhale, plug the other nostril, exhale, inhale, like at a slow, relaxed sort of space with your eyes closed, you know, sitting or lying down or whatever. And, uh, it's been really effective for me because I think what a lot of people struggle with, with meditation is like, trying to not have their mind race while they're doing it. Like, that's kind of the idea with meditation anyways, is to not let your mind go crazy uh, and race. So, you know, having that thing to fixate on of like alternating which nostril you're breathing out of um, really does help keep the the mind sort of occupied but not thinking about, you know, anxiety-inducing stuff. So (laughs) even if you can just do like... Three minutes, like there's been times when I'm sitting down to do like a recording here at home, and I'm just I get I'm like I'm frantic, I'm manic, I'm like grabbing everything, I'm like trying to you yeah. know yeah, get my guitar, my guitar's not tuning well, crap. It's like, oh, this mic's not in place, okay, I gotta move that, oh, now I gotta reach over here, and like, and I'm just like crazy, I mean, I'm going nuts, right? And then, um, I'll just, I, I just sort of check myself, and I'm like, okay, I need to like settle down, or I'm not gonna be able to like play this part very well, so job, just take three yeah. minutes five minutes, whatever, and do this meditation. It's, it's helped me a lot. So let me talk about
1: one more thing. Um, is you were talking about meditation and that is something you mm-hmm. didn't talk about. And that's huge. When I first went to this clinic, that musician's clinic, they were all about meditation. So I meditated for 10 minutes every day for two years and it was pretty fucking unreal. I stopped though because it's, it's a very hard habit to keep up because it feels like you're doing nothing. But like the quality of your life goes up, like as a whole, like it's such, it's such a macro improvement that you can't you can't see it. You know, you're not like oh, I'm 10 percent less, you know, anxious. You know what I mean? You can't see mm-hmm. that, right? Um, but uh, so yeah, he was getting me to do the type of meditation where you that that like there's so many different types. There's guided, you know, um, and then there's like as you were saying the nostril thing. I'd never heard of that. There's ones where you have chants and the chant ones are actually pretty cool because yeah, it's so easy to get in this mindless place. And the whole goal, um, I'm not sure if it's in this book that I'm going to recommend, but the whole goal is to get into like the zone, which is like actually a thing. You know, when you're like playing a gig, you're 45 minutes into the set or you're 40 minutes into the set and you're crushing it and you're not thinking and everything's going like they they call it like flow state. Mm. Um, The goal is to try, trying to be able to get that like instantly Right, as, as as quick as possible. So this book yeah. called Effortless Mastery. It's a meditation guided meditation book, uh, and he has like a CD and he talks and and all that stuff. And I would do those uh, every day, and uh, there it's pretty neat. It's good for meditation. It's focused around music. Uh, the guy's name is Kenny Werner. Uh, I don't know if I said that already, but um, but yeah, like those are really cool. He one of the things that he did, he would hook us up to this thing called a biofeedback machine, which is another thing as well for meditation. Uh, And it, I don't know what it measures. Like, I'm not a doctor. Um, But he hooks it on your skin and it's measuring, you know, like, I don't know. Biofeedback is a thing, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And it it measures your breathing for sure. Um, And uh, the idea is they give you little games for it. So say, for instance, you see, you know, this staircase and the whole point is to have a steady rate of breathing uh not to like trying to clear your mind but like not worrying about it if things pop in you know you're just not engaging with them another person Mm -hmm. who talks about that is uh Eckhart Tolle um being present to the moment and all that stuff but um Mm -hmm. it with the measurements they can measure your breathing they can measure certain waves and they're uh, apparently like associated with Your ability to be present to the moment. And if you are present to the moment, more stairs will appear while you're watching this, this thing, the system, Mm -hmm. because you can buy these systems. There's like varying levels of them. Um, But the tricky thing about it is you can, you know, have the first stair and then the second stair appears. But as you're watching the screen, you'll see the second stair appear and be like, oh shit, I got that. And that takes you Mm -hmm. out of the flow state. It does. Right. So that stair disappears.
2: So the trick is to
1: be able to just get into that thing where you're seeing these stairs appear and they have a bunch of different games with it right so you're actually just looking
0: at a screen yes and this is huh, and,
1: and clearing your mind it. and and it's it gives you like you can read the data on your breathing and stuff like that and it's it's pretty cool but the kenny werner book really cool effortless mastery i did that for like two years and i stopped because i'm a dumb human being well i'm human beings are dumb is what i'm saying they <laughs> yeah, don't do what's right. best for us all the time you know
0: never so, yeah, I mean, meditation, huge, um, and there's a lot of resources out there about it. Headspace. And again, another thing that's becoming more and more mainstream and more people are adopting because yeah. it's helping improve their lives. So uh, do it and enjoy it. Uh, so, the, yeah, the last one for me is social media. Oh, yes. And your, and your phone in particular. Um, so I just watched a pretty sweet documentary on Netflix, Um, I imagine a lot of people have seen it because it's sort of one of the things that Netflix is pushing right now. It's called The Social Dilemma. So if you do have Netflix and you're able to check this out, I highly recommend watching it. Uh, I won't give too much of it away, but uh, the gist of it is that spending uh, too much time on social media apps on your phone is pretty bad for your mental health. And the apps are designed in such a way to prey on the flaws of the minds of human beings, which are essentially unchanged in the last, whatever, 100, 200 years. Um, Whereas technology has, you know, exponentially become more and more powerful. So, uh, something that I did uh, that actually Katie recommended that I did uh, is turn off. All the notifications on your phone that aren't imperative. So mm. for me, I've got my text message, one of my email accounts, because everybody's got a couple of emails, right? Like I've got my junk email email, and then I've got my real email. I don't have do you know a know junk do email email. Oh, well, So whenever I do. you get asked so, to
1: join a thing that you don't give yeah. a shit about, you, do,
0: you use that, eh? Fuck. Yes, i gotta do that i mean you don't really have to do that anymore because gmail has a spam filter a good filter for spam yeah. but back in the day whatever i had two so i still have two and i turn the notifications off for the one that i don't use primarily um and then like phone calls and that's pretty much it calendar i guess yeah you know yeah but so like facebook instagram twitter youtube um the you know tsn like Whatever, whatever apps you have, like none of them will vibrate me now to tell me, oh, it's somebody's birthday or whatever, because all of those um, notifications are designed to get you to open the app. And then everybody knows once you open Facebook, you're like, oh, I'm just going to open Facebook and send one message. And then five minutes later, you're like, "What, what did I come here to do? And like, you're completely lost. At least that happens to me all the time. So I'm now very, very aware and trying to be aware of like if I'm opening in a social media app, I'm in, I'm out, and like I'm trying super, super hard not to get sucked into it because that that happens. Uh, so speaking of and indeed, also just not evil. getting vibrated all the time, like yes, helps me stay focused at what I'm doing. Right, so it's it's been a huge quality of life, uh, and that's like a you know a very light uh level of this, but in the doc they go into like how actually like destructive this can be to mental health, especially in young people and and, and kids. So um check it out. It's a great so, documentary.
1: Speaking of social networks being evil, I was listening to a that podcast I always talked about behind the bastards. He's talking about mm-hmm. how Mark Zuckerberg is not a great dude. Um mm-hmm. and one of the things is they've tied uh Facebook to two genocides, uh, well, not uh, not genocides, attempted ethnic cleansings, mm. uh, which is bizarre. And uh, like Facebook's aware of them, and certain measures that were going to be put in place to to fix, possibly, or like to attempt to fix these groups. Essentially, these groups were being made that were like anti-sort of a race of people uh, or a mm-hmm. religion of people on on, on Facebook, and uh, some of the measures that. People within the company had recommended to fix, you know, to try to fix these things were denied because they would, they would hurt Facebook's, you know, ability to suck people in, uh, which Mm -hmm. is
0: fucked. What they, yeah, well, what they have is a, what they have is a money machine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the way that, uh, you know, that, that, yeah, it's designed to suck people in and like keep people on the app as long as possible so that they see as many ads as possible, that infrastructure can be used for nefarious purposes to influence elections, uh, politics (laughs) and create civil unrest and all this other kind of stuff. It's not necessarily Mark Zuckerberg sitting there being like, I want to screw with whoever. But if somebody with enough resources decides, I want to create civil unrest in this area or I want to influence the next election in this direction... Um that can and has been done. Uh and yeah, it's it's like the answer would be to turn off the money machine or make it less profitable. And yeah, they don't want to un- do that. You know, unfortunately yeah. in our world right now, the most important thing to anybody anywhere is is uh the imagined ability to make as much money as possible. And therefore, uh, you know, nobody's gonna go go for that. But uh Anyways, check it, check out the uh, the show. And, and there's a bunch of other, um, yeah, resources out there that sort of explain how this stuff works. But it's, it's, uh, you know, when, when technology or when a, like, um, yeah, when a technology like that becomes incentivized hundred percent by like how much money it can generate instead of, you know, is this humane? Is this it's like making
1: humanity better?
0: Actually, yeah. Benefiting people's yeah. lives. It's like, no, the, 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 the core value here is how much money can we make? I mean, that's why there's regulations on oil companies and yes. natural resource yeah. companies because it before will be they were just regulated like regulated eventually. You know, yeah. And like, you know, what, you know, any number of different things. It's like, how much money can we make? And then somebody stepped in and said, hold on, this is actually really bad for a lot yes. of, you know, the planet or whatever. And, and I'm sure and some now people were are
1: like, oh, I got to get the fuck out of this then. This is bad for the planet. Yeah. I've got to pivot. But then some people are yeah. like,
0: Say la yeah 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 dollar dollar and, and bills baby so um anyways i won't i won't say uh, i will say no more on this topic but uh but be aware of it and and it's definitely a, a a big factor in a lot of people's mental health this is like a total
1: side thing you just said something that was interesting like how they're saying it's taking advantage of you know like almost like our brain being you know old and and used to certain patterns and it's like triggering things that the brain likes but the con Mm -hmm. the the conscious mind doesn't know sorry the subconscious mind doesn't know what it is it's kind of like this is a fucked up metaphor but it's kind of like almost like processed sugar in the same way because like our mind our mind wants sugar sugar is something that Mm -hmm. like our our like subconscious mind wants and you know like it's something that it's always searching for and hunting and getting food and getting like whatever it does in the brain uh, but mm-hmm. processed sugar is not something that you know we've had to evolve with. You know, you get that hit of like a ton, yeah. a ton of grams of that processed sugar, and it does something to like I'm not not a scientist. Whatever ape brain is back there, it's like fuck yeah, yeah this is dope. But it can't conceive yeah. of like oh no, this is gonna kill you if you do it too much.
0: You know? Yeah, because um, you're there was so so little of it in nature that you're really driven to try to find that. Yeah. salt too, right? Yeah. Like Ooh, yeah. These things that are like very important to survival if you don't have them, but are actually super harmful if you have too much, your brain doesn't know how to really process too much because that's never really been a thing until the last, you know, 100 years or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't so, have too much
1: troubles with yeah. with social networks. Like I don't find myself on them too much, partially because mm. let's just do a little test here. I'm gonna load up Instagram and we're just we're all just gonna wait. There's gonna be a big pause here. Okay, it's loading. It's loading. I clicked the button, you know, just before I said loading. It's loading.
0: And you know what, like a lot of people have switched back to flip phones for this True. Exactly it what you're describing right now. It's like your phone can't yet. run it. Yeah, your phone can't run it. So people just get flip phones. They can't run these apps and then they don't worry about it. So you could also do that. Still loading. Still loading. I, it's wow.
1: not because my phone is bad. It's I fucked something up on my phone and it doesn't work oh. right. Um, probably, well, probably off probably the porns. The um, but uh, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> that's all, all I right, have to well, say about mental health. Porn is a very yeah. bad for your mental health too. So no
0: porn, guys. Oh, yeah. I love... That's a whole other thing. Um, okay, so that that's going to do it for this one. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. If you have a question you Would like to submit, send it to musicguypodcast at gmail.com. If you have a song you'd like to submit, do the same. You can or find us on social media. I'm Al Rowe Music on fa- Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all these evil companies. So come on out and uh, and find me. Uh, also streaming on Twitch. And uh, Mike is at BrunoTheMeek on Instagram and at MichaelHebs.net. And Take care uh, we're going to. Yeah, take care, guys. We're going to leave you with our song of the week. This is the latest single from friend of the show, Genevieve Fisher. Uh, the song is called Someone Else. She performed it on the Inspire Awards, which aired on, I believe, CBC and was a heck of a show. I was fortunate enough to be there uh, actually just before sort of the lockdowns began, about a month before that. And yeah. Um, Song's awesome. Super well written, uh, very well produced. I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.